0: next week and then walk in marital submission and love is in verse 22 and the great command was in verse 1 it says to imitate or mimic God in tonight's text the apostle Paul describes the stark contrast between children of darkness and children of light he paints a a a very vivid picture of the unique differences between the character and nature of the people in these two groups I'd like to give you one illustration if you turn to 2 Peter, and this is not really a part of the sermon, but uh, in 2 Peter chapter 2, I'd like to read three verses to you as an illustration. 2 Peter 2, verse 20, 21, and 22. And of course, Paul was referring here to professing Christians. Those who possess Christ, but in reality, they didn't possess Christ. They said that they were in light, but they were in the darkness. Second Peter 2, 20 and, uh, 21 and 22. For if they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it, to turn back from the holy commandments delivered to them. And here's where the illustration comes in. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, re- returns to, the wallow, to wallow in the mire. And this is a graphic picture, again, of those who are professing Christ. And there may be someone sitting here tonight that is pro- uh, professing the light of Christ, and, let they, and yet they dwell in darkness. Understand that after cleaning himself out through regurgitation, the dog will often return to his vomit for a hot meal. I'm not trying to make anyone sick, but I want this point to be as graphic as possible. Why does he do this? Because it's his nature. And you can scrub a pig as, as long as you want, put, him in a, put her in a little tutu and paint her her little tushies or whatever you call them. I don't know what they are little tootsies. And then put some perfume on her, and guess what? She's still a pig. And what is she going to do after you clean her up? She's going to run and do a swan dive right back into wallowing in the mire. And these two statements perfectly illustrate these individuals because they have had no nature change. I love what Dr. Adrian Rogers used to say, the late Adrian Rogers. The sinner leaps into sin and loves it. But the saint lapses into sin and loathes it. And this is actually a good barometer, or a good way for us to determine whether we are in the light or in darkness. You, you need only ask yourself the question, do I hate sin like God does, or do I love it? And with that one statement, you can determine whether or not you are a child of the light or a child of the devil. In our text tonight, verses 7 through 14, Paul points to three dispositions as it relates to walking in the light of Christ. And this is going to be our outline tonight. It should be easy to remember. Number one, what we were. Number two, what we have become. And number three, what we must now do. So for the first one, what we were, in verse 8 of this chapter it says, "For, uh, for at one time you were darkness. And understand that the words, we were, indicates that the condition no longer exists. And we need to think about that, if that condition is habitually existing in your life, you need to determine if you really are a child of light. Understand that before we were in the, uh, in the light of Christ, we were dead, but now we're alive. We were blind, but now we see. We were in darkness, but now we're in light. We were not only exposed to the light of Christ, we were exposed by the light of Christ. Christ revealed his salvation to us via the truth of the word in our hearts. But then he also revealed to us our own sin. And we saw that we needed to be reconciled to God, so we came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We were, we were once, as sinners, children of darkness. We were in desperate need of a Savior, and Christ was that only Savior. And he shined his light in our darkened hearts, and we were saved. Scripture frequently uh, and effectively uses darkness and light as symbols that represent the uh, spiritual condition of the human heart. At this very moment, you are either residing in the light or, total, or in total darkness. And there is no third category. These two spiritual conditions are described from an intellectual perspective and a moral one. Intellectual darkness means to be void of truth, error, and falsehood. Moral darkness means to be void of virtue, sin, and wrongdoing. In 1 John, you don't have to turn there, 1, 5 through 7, it states, this is a message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. In other words, your character is defined by your walk. If you are consistently walking uprightly before the Lord, and that doesn't mean we're not going to fall, but if you are consistently walking upright before the Lord, then you are children of light. But if you are habitually living in darkness, and not only living in it, but basking in it, love. Intellectual light, on the other hand, refers to biblical truth. Moral light refers to holiness and purity. And because of this spiritual darkness, the unbeliever is unable to Will remain in darkness. darkness. Unless there is divine intervention, you will languish in that darkness for all eternity. No one can ever say that he or she has found the Lord. How many of you have ever heard a person say, I found the Lord? I'm seeing a hand, but I first heard someone say, I found the Lord. Well, that can't be true, but of course, God is never lost, And that would put the onus on the he found you John 15 and 16 says, you do not choose me but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain or abide in the book of Romans Paul uh shows us how spiritually bereft we were prior to entering the light in Romans 3 10 it says none is righteous no not one no one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No, no one does good, not even one. And as I have heard Pastor preaching about this, this morning, morning, uh, I just felt good on the inside because God has a way of doing it. And he does, does it for a reason. He wants to press his point home to his people. the sheep pen of darkness, into his marvelous light. The man in darkness is also incapable of living a righteous life that is pleasing to the Lord. He can only produce dead works. No matter how noble, nice, loving, moral, altruistic, he is still dead. And death can only produce what? Death. This is often referred to in theology as man's total depravity or moral inability. The child of darkness is thrice blind. He suffers congenital blindness. He comes into the world blind, estranged from his creator. In Ephesians 4 and 8, Also blinded by the devil, the prince of darkness, the God of this world, in 2 Corinthians 4 and 3. If our gospel is hid or veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Thirdly, they are blinded by God judicially because they have refused to avail themselves of the illuminating light of God. Since he consistently, this man consistently spurred, Bible. God promises to remove the veil of his spiritual darkness if he would only respond to the gospel. But why won't he respond to the gospel? Can anyone tell me? Because he does what? You can't understand it, but there's one even greater than that. Just for the sake of time, I'll say it. It's because he loves his darkness. John 3, 19 and 20, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light. The child of darkness hates exposure. His nefarious activities are best done under a cloak of darkness. This, is perf- this perfectly describes our character prior to being saved. in this process is that Christ illumined our hearts to the truth of God's word via the Holy Spirit. We responded to his word and were saved. We were made wise. follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life but it's interesting after you became a christian you became the light of life in the sermon on the mount in Matthew 5 and 14 it says you are the light of the world the lord lit your light the difference is he's the source you're just the vehicle But you're still the light. Because we reflect the light of Christ, those who dwell in darkness don't want us around them. Have you ever noticed that? Individuals that uh, you know that don't know Christ, they want to do their thing, but they don't want you present when they're doing it. They're offended by you, and guess why? Guess why? Goodness refers to uprightness of heart, and this deals with our relationship with God. Righteousness, holy and pure conduct, this deals, uh, excuse me, the first one, I'll go back on that. Goodness, uprightness. self-worthiness, and integrity. Ask yourself if you characterize your life. These virtues ourselves according to the true tradition. We are enjoined to obey the precepts, principles, and commands of God. We are supposed to mimic his holy character. We are also obliged to diligently seek to discern what pleases him. This can only happen you with that. I might say this that, you know, we all listen to tapes and that's that's a wonderful thing. i said tapes, but uh you guys probably listen to what is this uh CDs and all that good stuff? I'm I'm kind of old school, so I mean I do listen to CDs. I don't know how to work the other stuff. But my point is those things are great. But unless you get into the Bible for yourself, you, you're doing absolutely nothing for yourself. Because all you're doing is, is uh, more or less taking on what someone else has said. Now those things are very important. But the reality is, until you roll up your sleeves and get into the Word of God yourself, you're not going to fully understand the Scripture. I was telling Pastor the other day that I'm... Uh, studying how to what is called exegete a text and one thing the man said the teacher said was that we should read the text long enough to where it something in there surprises us that can't happen if we're only listening to tapes that can't happen if we're only listening to cds you have to get into the word of god otherwise that's called lazy studying Both the Word of God and the Spirit of God are needed to shine the light of truth in our hearts. As children of light, we are to avoid at any cost becoming participants in the the unfruitful works of darkness. Our walk should not reflect this activity, nor should we be in agreement with the vain philosophies of life of the children of darkness. The Lord has also commanded us to defend the truths of God's word 11 and 13 stated this way take no part in the foolish works of darkness but instead expose them when anything is exposed by the light it becomes visible the word "expose" in this context is referring to reproving for rebuking for correcting for convincing and for convicting it is not enough for us Expose and uphold thinking and teaching that is contrary to the Word of God. We must be willing to confront error and serious teaching, whether it comes from a Christian brother or from someone outside of the faith. Some will complain that he named names. we're talking about folks, you might hear us talk about Joel or whatever. Someone may don't think for a moment that you are being unloving, intolerant, or judgmental. Not only do we have the right to confront error and falsehood, you have the responsibility said that he turned these men over to Satan that they may learn. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. The authority to expose error and falsehood falls well within the province of every true believer. Because our authority is what? What is your authority to live the Christian life? What is your authority for faith and practice? Word of God. Exactly. In fact, we are commanded to do this. First Peter 3 and 5 says, but in your heart, Christ, uh, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. We must be ready to pull down the stronghold of Satan and his evil people. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised Strongholds can be described as thoughts, ideas, reasoning, philosophy, or beliefs. One writer puts it this way. He defines it. Strongholds, a stronghold is an ideology, or I should say, an ideological fort men use to barricade themselves against God and against the gospel. So any foolish talk. Any uh, People can tell you just about anything about God that is just not true. I had a woman once trying to witness to me in, in a uh, shopping center, and when we got to, down to the real nitty-gritty, she told me that God was a tree. And I said, well, no, he's not. And we went back and forth, and finally she said, well, I'm going to have to leave you now. I can't talk to you because you're too passionate about this whole thing. <laughs> You've got to be passionate. I hope that you can look at TV sometime and see something that is so outlandish as it relates to the Word of God that it just makes you angry. And if it doesn't, it should. But do you respond in a way that's unloving? No. that we let stuff like that fly because people go right away with that same information believing it's true and what's even worse a lot of times in Bible study, people will not in our Bible studies but in Bible studies people will come up with the most outlandish stuff and if someone does not seize upon it and say hey I love you but that's wrong then they just contaminate everyone that's sitting at the table that should not happen And we can't use the excuse, I don't know enough of the Bible. Well, if you don't, do it. Learn more about the Bible. We have absolutely no excuse for that. Finally, in verse 14, Paul concludes his arguments by extending an invitation to the children of darkness that they may become children of light. He says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What was he saying? He wasn't saying, hey, let me have your attention. He was saying, wake up from the dead. Hear God's truth and be alive. And when you wake up from the dead and respond to the light of the truth, then God, Christ will shine more light upon you. It happened to all of us. But please don't misunderstand me. Paul's gesture to the children of darkness was not an olive branch. He was not seeking to appease or placate sinners. Paul was tossing them a lifeline. It was more than fire insurance, but he was tossing them a lifeline. You're in darkness and you're headed to hell. You need to hear the truth and respond to that truth so that you will be saved. Otherwise, you remain in jeopardy, spiritual jeopardy until the day that you die. Also, Paul was obeying the Lord's command to pluck children of darkness out of the fire of the pit of hell, according to Jude. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. That's what it says. That's a command to everyone that's sitting in this room. This is the most loving thing that any of us can do, even at the expense of being referred to as holier-than-thou, unloving, intolerant, narrow-minded. And I love what Adrian Rogers used to say about being narrow-minded. He said, I can only be as narrow as the Bible is. And that's the truth. You should only be as narrow as the Bible is and be willing to absorb any type of uh, uh, chastisement or whatever that's coming from the dark side to say that you just don't understand. You are not a loving person. I have two applications, and they're very brief and we will be done. Talking to the child of light, shine it. That's it. To the child of darkness, run to it and not from it. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I I thank you so much for your word. I was so blessed this week as I studied it and. I could see what I used to be, and I know exactly what I used to be. But I also know what I am now. But it's not enough for me to bask in the glory of knowing that the Lord has saved me. But you've given us a mandate that we are to evangelize and that we are to apologize. Not in the sense of saying I'm sorry, but giving a defense for the truth. Lord, let that be who we are As children of light tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Also, we're going to dismiss at this time, not going to have another song.